We would like to acknowledge the Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land in which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to their elders, both past and present, always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hey everyone, I want to preface this episode with a trigger warning. This episode discusses both birth trauma and sexual abuse trauma. This content may be distressing for some listeners, so please listen if you feel you're in a strong place to do so. Welcome to What the Hell Are We Doing? The podcast where we chat all things motherhood and life after having a baby, the journey through finding yourself and your new relationships with life. Nothing is off limits. This is a safe space. We are here to help you navigate through the next phase of life. I'm Sky. I'm Lise. And what the what hell, the are, hell we doing? are we doing? Okay, so let's start on your birth story, Lise. Why don't you kick it off where it all began? Yeah, so I think in a lot of the um, the prep that we'd sort of been doing, like you learn through hypnobirthing yeah. and probably even Australian birth stories about, um, I think it's mainly Australian birth stories actually was the perennial massages. Yes. So I kept on saying, oh, we need to start doing these from yeah. like week 38, I think it is. Yeah. And we didn't, so it was like week 39, and I was like, Shane, when you get home from work tonight, because he was on afternoon shift, of course, yeah. I was like, we have to do them tonight. So it was close to midnight by the time we did them for the first yeah. time, and I was like, oh, it's actually like, it is a bit intense, because yeah. obviously it's just like, you know, you're slowly stretching, like very gently, but it's that little bit of, that bit of a burn, you yeah. know? And then we did that with the olive oil, and yep, you know, Shane was happy to do that, and I was like, okay, cool, yep, we'll keep doing them every night until, you know, I'm going to labor. <laughs> so Shane was like, I'm absolutely wrecked, so he passes out and goes to sleep, and I'm just lying there, like, as I was officially on maternity leave then, reading my little books every night night so I was like I'm just gonna stay up and read put my book down had about 20 minutes of sleep and I like got pulled out of my sleep by fi- I actually felt like I was gonna wee myself oh. yeah and I was like oh like okay and I quickly sort of shot up and ran to the toilet and just made it and I went oh oh my god my water just broke mm-hmm. and I remember I even texted you and I was like oh my god my yeah. water just broke and I come back into the bedroom and I was like Shane I think my water just broke <laughs> and he's like really and I was like I don't know I think so like I checked the you know when I wiped I checked and it had that kind of um that pinky sort of color that it's supposed to have that you know it's obviously not just we and like it didn't feel like I was weeing myself but it didn't feel as intense as I thought it would for your water to break okay. and as it turned out it was kind of I think it actually was my hind water because you can actually yeah, have the two exactly yeah and that's why I think it wasn't as intense to start with. Yeah. So we sort of hopped back into bed and I was just like, okay, like just sitting there and we're chatting for a bit. And I started to feel some sort of, you know, not pains, but just sort of some cramping and, you know, and I was sort of like, oh, okay, this is a lot. Like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not ready for this. I want to go back to sleep. And so Shane's like, I'll call the hospital and I'll just let them know. I think before we'd even officially made the decision to definitely call the hospital, I went, whoa, it's happening again. And I flew okay. off the bed and ran into the bathroom and it like broke all over the bathroom floor. Okay, like it yeah. was just gushing, gushing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it other than gushing, like completely uncontrollable gushing. And so a lot of it went like into in the, the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> it, is the like that. <laughs> it is like that. I remember watching movies and being like, um, don't they have undies on? Like, how is that not happening? But like, I, I had pants on, I think, or maybe a nightie on. I can't exactly remember, but it was still Blown gushing out. everywhere. Mm. And so I made it onto the toilet. Like a lot of it went in there and I was like, okay putting in, you know, putting in my big pads. And I literally went through heaps of pairs of undies just during that time because I was like, I need to, you know. And it was still just – it would still, like, just come out because it was obviously all just – 
Yeah. There's so much. Like, I don't know if some people maybe have more than others, but... I think it is. It's a thing. Some people have, like, high amniotic fluid-like amounts. I think... Because I remember when they were talking about induction for me, they said when you get past 40 weeks, they check your amniotic fluid. Of course. And the lower it gets, it's like it becomes dangerous. So it's good that you had a lot. (laughs) Yes, I had a lot. Um, So then, yeah, so then Shane made the call and, you know, the midwives were very much like, oh, okay, see your water's broken. And Shane's on the phone asking, you know, they're asking Shane, oh, is she having contractions? And he's looking at me and I'm going, no, I'm not having contractions. I was having contractions, but I think I was really, in denial and I think I almost felt too like oh I don't want to make a fuss like which is so silly but I think there was a little bit of that almost by me saying oh these are contractions that it was kind of like, oh, you don't even know what's to come. I think yeah. there was a little bit of that. So I was like, I'm not even going to say they're contractions because they actually just feel like period pain, kind of like yeah. not in that same level of intensity is what yes. I mean. It was yeah. nothing that I couldn't handle at all at that point. It was very much just like, oh, okay, there. have yeah. a couple of deep breaths. And you're like, yep, I can definitely feel that. So then... I had to fly off the bed again because my water was breaking wow. again and there was I was going through another set of clothes, you know, another set of undies and pads and everything and they were absolutely saturated. And I was just like, okay, this is really intense. So then I was like, I think you need to start getting some stuff ready. So Shane's like, all right, no worries. Like, I'll go off and feed the animals and sort yep. them out and do this. And actually, no, he didn't feed the dogs, sorry, because we were told by the hospital, you're only going to be here for a little bit. They actually said, don't even bother bringing your bags or anything with you. And I said, no, bring them with us. Yeah, Yeah, Because you knew, you were like, I'm having contractions. And they're like, oh, you could, you know, labor hasn't started yet. Exactly. They were like, yeah, just come in for a quick check and you'll probably be going home. So, because I wanted a water birth in the bath, I was saying to Shane, please find this bikini top. I hadn't packed it yet and he couldn't find it. And I remember I was just, it was already for me, I was kind of like, I feel like I'm getting really like pulled out of this state that I wanted to be in where I'm really just focusing on my body and what's happening so in the end I was just like it's fine it's don't don't worry about it it is what it is I won't have it that's okay I had my plan for being in the car which I did get to do which was taking my pillow taking my airpods and listening to a meditation track and I had my eye mask because I actually learned that on an episode of Australian birth stories where one of the other women who gave birth did that and she said it was so good to just be able to stay in that kind of zone for the drive and we didn't have a long drive it was about 20 minutes but I just knew about the importance of trying to stay in that reptilian brain already from the beginning yeah. i didn't want my labor to slow down because i didn't want to get to the hospital and then it'd be like oh just yeah. go home yeah. i was really kind of like i mean if i really had to but i think for me i was kind of like to make the step to go to the hospital i kind of want it to be like we're going to stay here and have our baby yeah so yeah so that was really good there was heaps of roadworks and stuff on the freeway but you know is what it is it was the middle of the night so there was no traffic which was great when we got there I was about to get out of the car and just as I like spread my legs my water just burst even more just dripping down my thighs because I forgot to mention sorry on the drive to the hospital I was having contractions I had about three on the drive there and with every one that we came through just that the surge of that it was just pushing more amniotic fluid out and I was like oh my gosh it's going all over the passenger seat but again I just kind of was like it is what it is. Yeah. Like I you just, gotta just yep. let it go. Yeah. And so yeah, and we were just laughing because I'm like trying to get out of the passenger seat, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's running into my socks. Like I had trackies on and socks and slides, and it was just everywhere. Oh and we were like, okay. So then we're just going. 
going off and I'd be like, oh, give me a second. And I'd stop for a couple of, I don't even know, 30 seconds, a minute. Mm. The time just like becomes so warped. And I'd just be like, all right, I'm having a bit of another contraction. Let's go. And we get in there and they told us to go into the emergency room, which we got there and there's a whole room full of people. I'm there completely saturated and I'm like having contractions. I was like, I'm not waiting in there. So I was like, I'm just going to wait around the corner. They still had to temperature check us and everything because of COVID. And so I was just waiting around the corner and like sort of leaning on the handrail a couple of times because it was weird. You you know, you know what it's like. You have a contraction and then you're like, oh, that's good. I'm all right now. Like in the middle of them when in that early stage, you're like, I could do anything in the middle. Like you feel fine. So then they came down and they brought down a little um, wheelchair to take me up. And so, yeah, Yeah. so that was kind of good. More fluid was just coming out. I was like, you're going to have to clean this chair because I was sat sitting in it still so we got upstairs and I went into the pregnancy assessment room and you know got all my saturated clothes off and got put the gown on and everything and it was sort of explained to me if you want to have a check it means you will have to stay here at the hospital so I was offered a check I think relatively early and I said I'm okay for a bit I think I'll kind of just see how I'm you know, how and that it was because there's a risk of infection, obviously, if you're sticking your hand yes, up exactly. and your water's yes. broken. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they kind of just left me and chained to our own devices for a little bit to kind of just be like, we'll see how she's progressing in that room. And I'll admit, I think being in that room for me wasn't great. Yeah. There wasn't really a lot to do in there. Like there's a bed and I did not want to be on the bed. Yeah. I found being on the bed for me was just, it was the worst. Yeah. And I was already starting that early on. I was kind of like, I was actually up on my knees on the bed. Yeah. I was I also forgot to mention that after my water broke multiple times at home because I was going through so many sets of clothes and everything and Shane was going to go and deal with all the animals. I was like, I'm going to hop in the shower. So I just ran myself a shower and I got in and I was down on my knees and I actually had the door open. So I was like half leaning out of the shower so that the water was just really going over my back. And it was actually really nice. Like it was really relaxing. I remember Shane came in. He's like, oh, you're in the shower. And I was like, yep, yep, I'm fine. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just cleaning all the fluid off, but I'm also just, you know, it was just, I think because of all the the podcasts and the hypnobirthing, I just, I already had things in my head that straight away when I started feeling certain ways, I kind of just started doing it without really making a conscious decision to be like oh I want to get in the shower at this point it was like I feel like getting in the shower so I'm going to so then when I was in that in the pregnancy assessment room like getting up on the bed and just sort of holding onto the bars to kind of just trying to just breathe through it it wasn't that it was so intense then but I was I was really trying to stay on top of it at the start and obviously in the assessment room you don't have any of those things that you thought are going to keep you comfort while yeah. you're in pregnancy in labor yeah. so well I yeah. mean we, we did turn the lights off and Shane did set up I think one or two of my little fake candle things that are actually yours um <laughs> in there so that I had at least that sort of environment going yeah. which was nice and then they came in again and you know they were like do you want to be checked and I said look I do at this point because I was feeling like I really felt like things were progressing like I could just feel how different my body felt she was like okay explained again I'll have to turn the light on and check you and then you'll have to stay so she checked and, and I was already four centimeters which I know is isn't like whoa you're already eight but I was sort of like for me it was validating in that way that I was like I am four centimeters like I am well and truly in that stage I'm you know it is progressing the way that I think it is it is and so I still had to stay in that pregnancy assessment room for a bit which was I don't know I think I started to just struggle being in that room because for me like my birth preferences not that that ever actually got to write them down because that was my plan for the 19th of November that Friday I was like I'm gonna write my birth preferences today and so I never did it Um, (laughs) write them weeks before everyone (laughs) really do even if it's literally just some dot points in the notes app on your phone 
phone. Yeah. If it's a text you've sent your husband, something like that. But they can you know, just show it, yeah. Just have it, even if it's... Because for some people, they might have really detailed. For me, I just... There was a few things I wanted and I yeah. just had it. I didn't have it written down anywhere. Yeah. Mm. I think the midwives like that too because otherwise yeah, they don't know how to help you and what's best going to like make you yeah. feel as comfortable. So Yeah, because I yeah. think they'll look at that and go, oh, cool, you want to get in the bath? Easy, we can exactly. do that. Or you want to hop in the shower or you, you know, you don't want to do that sort of stuff. Exactly. You want to be on the bed, like you want to listen to music, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And like I think as well, sometimes people think a little bit like I'm being demanding, but you're not. It's not that you're saying don't look at me and don't touch yeah. me. You're just saying if I can have this, I would like it. Yeah, Obviously, it's not I'd- even being demanding. It's literally – acknowledging what's right for you in those moments and that is completely okay to do like you need to it's so hard for women especially but you have to just go no I'm gonna ask for what I want yeah and I actually don't care how that makes you feel that this is what's happening right now yeah and that that is really challenging like that is really because of just all that internalized I guess misogyny where we just don't place enough importance on our needs at least I'd had a lot of discussions with Shane so he was very much like I know what you want I know what you need yeah so I had Shane like squeezing my hips from behind where I was sort of up on my knees and I was like I just need that pressure after a little while I did get transferred to a birth suite I don't remember the walk from the pregnancy (laughs) assessment room to that room and I know I got there and because between having the check done and knowing that I was going to stay at the hospital and just being in that room and feeling like my labor was progressing I'd made the decision I do want the epidural for me that was always on my birth preferences as a I don't want it I don't want to be offered it unless I ask for it so there was a small part of me that was a bit like I can't believe I'm already asking for it but then I was also trying to just be like you know what that's okay like that's fine if that's what you think you need exactly in this birth that's Exactly, exactly. And so Shane had requested, yep, look, I think, you know, Lise wants the epidural. And it was like, yeah, okay, cool. No worries. So I got taken to the birth suite. And I think that's when I was like, cool, I'll jump on the bowl. Like Shane got the fitness ball out. So I was like bouncing away, sort of, or just rocking away, I think, next to the bed. But I didn't actually like it. I found that I loved being on that when I was pregnant. I was on it every single day. Um, but in labor, it just didn't feel conducive to the kind of movement I wanted. Yeah. I needed like the kind of leaning over, the more bearing down, gripping onto things, yeah. squatting kind of vibe, which the yeah. bowl just didn't really provide. Yeah. So I think I was on that first. And then I think they said, oh, we'll pop you down on the bed for a bit because we've got to get a few things ready because you're going to have the epidural. Yes. And obviously I know for some people it might not be that bad. But the contractions that I had on that bed yeah. are some of the worst contractions I think I had yeah. for the whole labor. It was, I just found 10 times worse. Yeah. It was so painful. I think it's well, because you obviously had figured out what helped you best in your contractions. So then when you were on the bed, you didn't, you couldn't do any of that movement. And all you could probably focus on was the pain that you were experiencing. You couldn't yeah. like move. And that kind of distracts you a little bit when you're, it does. you're trying to figure out what best feels what feels the best yeah I remember just turning on my side and just gripping onto the handle and I remember just looking at Shane and look Shane looking at me and I remember like he always talks about that moment as being like a moment of like whoa for him that I think he was a bit like I I just want to help you because you're in this pain and you know so as soon as they had to do what they had to do (laughs) a COVID test I was able to be taken back off the bed and back into the shower so there was a couple of times they're like we have to get you out of the shower being in the shower was immensely better yeah like we got in there all the lights were off in the suite Shane set up my little candles in the shower and we had he put some Vance Joy on for me just like I wasn't really listening to it but again when I sort of did listen at least it was a little bit of a sense of that familiarity for me and 
yeah, we were just in there. I was completely butt naked and Shane was just doing the water over my back for just hours. Like he would have just been going and going and going. And I only had to ask him once remember to offer me water so yeah. after every contraction dehydrated in the yeah yeah after every contraction i had i had my little sip of water like in my birth photos you can actually see my frank green bottle like up on the shelf <laughs> Product placement. yeah that's it <laughs> exactly i think i sort of started off at some points you know just like leaning on the handrails and i think i would kind of squat down and just lean but i was tired like yeah. i'll admit i started to just because realistically i'd been awake since you know the day before i'd had 20 minutes of sleep and yeah. i spent majority of my labor being up in the shower and i did get tired there was a few times where i sort of was just like oh you know i actually could just go for a nap like yeah. i just kept thinking i just yeah. need a break like i just want a little and snooze probably because you had like accepted the fact that you wanted the epidural and you accepted the fact that you were like okay it's coming every minute after that would just feel like an eternity because you'd made the decision okay i'm gonna get pain relief so like and i'll be able to rest lightly and all those things in my mind of anyone that i know really that had had it they were able to be like i could relax a little bit more i was able to lie down on the bed and at least close my eyes for 10 minutes and have you know, a little bit more of a rest, even the physical rest, even the fact that like, that was the thing I, in my mind, it was like, it'd be good to be on the bed to rest my legs, but being on the bed was just much worse for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I slowly started to, I slowly started to get down on my knees. I think I was actually on my knees for a couple of hours, I would say, but I slowly started getting down on my knees and I actually had a shower chair in there. So that's when I started really just kind of like pushing on that. And there was a couple of times I was down, but I would get back up and um, there was a few contractions so Shane was like, I have to leave the room. I've got an appointment today, so I've got to call them and cancel and tell yeah. them I'm not coming. And it was almost like, in a way, though, the few contractions that I had on my own, it was kind of like I just had to be like, you're by yourself. Yeah. You can do this. Like, yeah. you are so strong. You can do this. Reassuring like, you, yourself. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, there isn't anyone else here to, like, run the water over my back or hold my hand. So I was just doing that for myself, I yeah. guess. It's so interesting. My labor, I was literally, like, did not want to look at Aaron until we were in the bath. Yeah. I was like, get away from me. Like, mm. I just was walking around by myself as far away. It's like I actually just wanted to be on my own mm. because I just felt like if you're looking at me that was distracting me in a way I was like just talk to me don't look at me leave me alone yeah wow I think like I don't know I think I did seek comfort in shame yeah. I think like in That's some really of those beautiful. moments it yeah. was nice I think yeah. I did have a little bit of that like I'd kind of look at him and I remember there were a lot of contractions I had too where I was just holding him and he was holding me and kind of holding me up and you know I would just be like oh okay here another one's coming yeah. and I'd kind of just try and breathe through them and oh I forget that at some point I had the gas I always yeah. forget about it I think I forget about it because I didn't feel like it actually provided me with any relief yeah. um, unfortunately I know for some people it does make some people feel sick some people it just takes the edge off and that's what I was hoping for was just the edge to be taken off I wish I kind of never had it because I ended up holding onto the tube part for for ages because I just kept thinking oh I need this I need this every time I had a contraction but it actually did nothing and I would just bite on it I actually was just just a distraction when you're in labor just any distraction some it just makes it feel a little bit easier it was kind of like I could take it out on that like I could just squeeze it and bite it and um I wasn't even using it properly like they would be like breathe in and breathe out through it and I would breathe in and I would take it out of my mouth and I I just you know and it unfortunately it didn't really provide that sort of relief that I wanted and I didn't have it for all of it like at some point it 
I didn't have it anymore. It disappeared, yeah. Yeah, I think when they were like, you're not doing it properly. Um, <laughs> and it's not doing anything. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. It's really hard sometimes. It's like time is a vacuum, you know. Like yeah. you just, I don't know, it's really hard to remember. Yeah, and I remember I was like, I didn't want to tell anybody, but I was like, I feel like I need to push. Well, when did they tell you that you couldn't get the epidural? And like when she was like about to come out. So it still hadn't okay. happened yet. So you were so, still just waiting thinking yeah, you were going to get this yep, injury. I, okay. That's why I was like, no, 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 no. I'm keeping these legs closed <laughs> because they, all they kept on saying was, because what would happen was I didn't really want to ask them. I would say, Shane, can you ask them if the epidural's coming? Yeah. And then he would ask them and he'd be like, oh, a little bit longer, at least. Like, I'm sorry. And like, I could just hear it in his voice. And like, there was just yeah. that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I think because I really was like, I just need it. I just want to go to sleep that yeah. I was really like waiting for it. Yeah. So I started to have this strong like urge to push now a lot of people listening to this will probably know that feeling but some people won't yeah. and I'm not going to make the sounds <laughs> <laughs> but that sensation of pushing is almost like nothing other than the sensation of vomiting in a way like yeah. it's the closest thing I can yeah. compare that's it to but I it's obviously exactly. yeah that's obviously why a lot of women vomit in labor yeah yeah, yeah they do yeah. because what happens is obviously your uterus is contracted up so all those little the muscles have all come up and they're really close I think to your stomach yeah and because they're up every time your body wants to push down your stomach and chest are like pushing up so yeah. you almost feel like you're going to push your baby out you're going to do a poo and you're going to vomit at the same yeah, time literally. like it is intense yeah. like it's taking over yeah. in a way like you've I don't got no think control a lot of, i don't think everyone gets that though because when i've listened to australian birth stories they'll be like oh with this baby i felt the urge to push with my other babies i didn't mm. so i don't think everyone experiences it okay so that's probably why it's not necessarily spoken about in detail because not every uh, everyone probably has like a spectrum of what it feels yeah, like course, yeah. and for us it's just being the same and I think vomit. as well because we both hate vomiting. Yes. Like we have an absolute, mm. is it an affliction to it? Yeah. Yes. Like we hate it so much. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. I don't like that feeling. It was the, I just didn't realize it was going to be an involuntary movement. Yeah. I you thought you would get the urge. urge. And you're like, oh, I'm going to push it out. Yeah, exactly. But your stomach's like, I'm already pushing. Yeah. Like I'm already trying to get yeah. everything out exactly. of this body. And I was sitting on the handrail. So yeah. I would be like, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> I would be like, oh, okay, I'm having another contraction. I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, like I can't explain it but it was just that feeling I'd yeah. be like oh okay and I would just sit there and then I'd stand up again and then the next contraction I would sit back down again and I think they did come in at one point and they were kind of like oh like why are you sitting down and then I was sort <laughs> well, of like actually trying to hold this baby in guys yes and I would actually start closing my legs because I I just couldn't embrace it unfortunately yeah. I think for so many different reasons I think it felt different to the way I thought it would I was tired because I had asked for the epidural and I wasn't getting the epidural. I think there was multiple things yeah. at play and I just wasn't embracing it the way that I should have. I probably could have pushed her out quicker. Yeah. So what ended up happening was at another point I was, I think I'd gotten back down onto my knees and I was leaning on my little shower chair and um, the midwife Kim came in and I was, I think that's the only time I actually said, am I getting the epidural? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, your baby's about to come out. And I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> I was like, no. And she she was like yes you need to push her out and I was like I actually was like I can't I actually was like I can't I was yeah. feeling really sorry for myself in all honesty like I was just like can 
can someone else do this part for me, <laughs> Shane? Tag team, like it's your turn. And I know because you yeah. have a realization of like the only way this baby's going to come out is if you push it, and you're yeah. like, okay, this is going to be a lot. So, yeah, like, I know it's like cool. a mental thing where you're like, oh, I kind of was hoping that my body would just like <laughs> I would black out and that my body would just take over, yeah. but it doesn't. Like for so much no. of my labor, I'll admit I was very internal. I was really just focusing on breathing, focusing on the feeling, focusing on like just holding onto the arm rail or you know all those different things I wasn't so like oh you know and they would ask me where do you feel the contractions and I remember kind of being like I don't know exactly because I think they were trying to work out if she was maybe turning and she was in the back but I couldn't I didn't feel it in my back obviously but it is weird as well like just a side note I remember because you'd obviously given birth before me and when we talked about the feeling of contractions and then when I gave birth and I was like it does feel like gas pain it really does like it feels like intense obviously you have back labor it would feel different because yeah. it's not that stabbing at the front but it's honestly it's yeah really... it is it's because it's like it's tight on the sides of your belly yeah. too because obviously everything's just it's it's funny because a lot of people talk about it feeling a lot like period pain but when you're really in that active labor it doesn't it really no. does feel like i mean yeah. maybe it does sorry i just mean for me and for you obviously yeah. it definitely felt like that intense gas pain yeah, um yeah so then kim was like okay yep this baby's gonna come and i was like okay and i'll admit i did have to push for a while yeah. um how long was your pushing phase did they say i think it was about 50 minutes i think in the end and i think that was because (laughs) so they would be like all right all right yep she's here like obviously i had to push her slowly down the canal for a bit but then they would be like okay one big push and we've got her and i'd push a bit and i'd go and i would start closing my legs and i was like I joke about it but like I feel like I was literally sucking yeah <laughs> sucking her back up like I was like no I'm sorry but yeah. no I'm no. not ready and obviously that's funny for people because they're like why would you prolong yeah. that part but I'm I don't know yeah. obviously but like, I mean I didn't do that but like I can understand how that you would do that because it's like in labor yes the baby's going to get pushed out and you but you have to be conscious that you are pushing the baby out so like yeah. you were deciding that ring of fire like Mm. when that hits like you need to make the conscious choice to go that bit further otherwise the baby's not going to come out exactly and that's the thing because you can feel it and you know my actions right now are contributing to that intense feeling so it did get to that point where i had a bit of her head out and i they were like you need to just do one more big push and i could feel like i'm so grateful that i was in that shower and i had water running all over my body for hours and hours and hours um because I, I couldn't imagine for me experiencing that without it and but I remember like I remember feeling and I, I remember thinking to myself I'm probably tearing like yeah. I could just feel it I unfortunately know. I think that's the conscious thoughts you're having you're like I really don't want to tear yeah anywhere I really don't want like you, you're at you're this far and you're like I just don't want to have to have this happen like yeah. just don't yeah exactly and mm. I think because I knew that and it is intense obviously it is over quickly that part though the ring of yeah. fire like it actually doesn't last no. for long and once it's, it's out yeah once the head's out thank god yeah that they i remember they were like all right hold it hold it because her head was out and then they were like another push and once the shoulders come you feel it a bit like you i I did feel the sensation of her body coming out but you're just like oh like you actually yes it is insane but Mm -hmm. it is like oh god like you feel and you also feel on top of the world i felt so on top of the world obviously there's all those endorphins and that adrenaline running through you and i was just like oh i don't even care about anything anymore so i remember when i was pushing her out so i was quite close to the ground so 
I was on my knees leaning on this chair and I actually had a board. They'd gotten a board to put yeah. on the floor because they were like, you, you're going to slip on the tiles. Yeah. But they were like, you need to open your legs up more. But it hurt. I remember it hurt like my knee going on the tile. So I was yeah, like, this would. is yeah. pretty much as far as I can go. I, rem- I think I kind of like when I was pushing her out, I feel like I kind of rose up a little bit. Like I feel like I kind of was like imagining that kind of I was coming up and she was coming down yeah. instead of pushing down, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's what I did. And um, I remember the midwife was like, do you want to grab her? And do you want to touch her head? And I was like, no. I was just <laughs> like, no. I think I just was like, no, I need, I probably should have. Maybe it would have made me be like, just push her out quickly. And then they grabbed her. And I was too scared to actually grab her initially yeah. because I was like, I'm going to drop her yeah. because I was like, I know she's going to be covered and I'm wet. And I remember they just handed her like up between my legs and I've got a photo of it and Shane and I'm holding her and Shane's like kind of holding her and we're just looking at each other. And I was just like, she's here. She's here. Like, oh, what a shock. I (laughs) I mean, I've just been in labor for nine hours. Of course she's here. But I remember it was just beautiful. I was like, oh my God, here she is. Of course, this is her. Like, of course, this is the little baby that's been growing inside my belly. Like, and just, I remember just looking at her like, I know she cried, but I actually don't remember her crying. Yeah. It's almost like I just remember her eyes just looking around the room and just looking at us. And I was just like, oh, you poor thing. You're just like, where am I? Literally. After that, I don't remember anything anyone said to me. Yeah. Once I had her, I was like, I don't care. I don't okay. care about anything anymore. I slowly got up and I never let go of her really. Like I held her and I got up and I had a really long umbilical cord. Yeah, I remember that. It was right, really yeah. long because I was holding her and it, it was wrapped around her belly, not her neck, obviously, thankfully, but it had sort of gotten around her belly. So we were slowly trying to get it, you know, off her. I think that that's when I think, I think before I'd even officially gotten up off the ground, I think when I was still in my little bubble of holding her, they actually did give me the oxytocin shot in my thigh. Did they ask you? Yes, they yes. did ask yeah. me. They said, would you like, or can I give you the shot? or I'm going to give you the shot. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, 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 of course that's fine. Cause again, I was sort of like, not really. I was like, she's here. I don't really care about anything anymore. And so I think at that point I'd sort of gotten up and they were like, Oh, do you want to sit on the toilet for a bit? And we'll just try and get that placenta going. And I couldn't. So I think after all of that intense feeling, I was like, you know what? I've got my baby. I actually don't care about anything anymore. I couldn't actually get my body to do anything. If that makes sense. Like I could walk. I couldn't even pee. Like they sat me down on the toilet. They put a thing and they were like, just pee, just push all that out. Just relax. I couldn't even pee. Like I, I couldn't even get a that. drop That's out. Like, yeah. Also like for me, cause they made me on the toilet too, but like no one wants to sit on the toilet wet and like, yeah, because I yeah, obviously yeah. I was wet because I'd just been in the shower and I'm sitting there, I've got my baby, and they're like, like you've just, just pushed relax. Like you can pee as well. I know. Like I think that because it's so intense and now you don't have that big baby in there, everything feels different and it's hard to send that message specifically to your bladder exactly. to, to pee, right? Yeah. I think they just wanted me to kind of relax all of that. They wanted slowly. you to push probably. Yeah, they wanted yeah. me to push that yeah. the placenta out. Yeah. I kind of was trying, but I remember I just couldn't really get my body to do I think I was in a bit of shock and I think I just couldn't really get my body to do what it needed to. And again, I was like, I've got my baby. So I just don't want to do any of that painful stuff anymore. They laid me down on the bed and I had her between my boobs and I've got like little videos. That's why I can remember some of those moments so clearly. And she's wrapped up in a little blanket and she's just looking around and they were like, okay, we're going to do the fundal massages and we're going to try and get this placenta out. And so... Uh, Do you know how long it had been? Like, why were they panicking so much, do you think? Were you bleeding or... I mean, there was a lot of blood... 
But I think I sat, it's hard because I don't know exactly the time frames. I probably sat on the toilet for a while. Okay. I was probably actually sitting on the toilet for 10 minutes or something maybe. Okay. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and probably because they'd given you the shot, they were like, usually if you get the shot, it does come out really fast. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they say maximum half an hour, it should come out. Yeah. So I think they were kind of like, we'll just give you a bit of a hand. I think yeah. they could, you know, tell that I was a little bit like, I can't really push. And so I was on the bed and they were like, it's okay. You know, like, we'll just push on your belly and. I remember that was really, really uncomfortable. Were you still having contractions? Honestly, I can't remember. I really can't. I can't remember feeling it. Because I remember when I pushed my placenta out, I was still doing the involuntary movements. Oh, I wasn't doing that. Once she was out, yeah, I I honestly couldn't remember anything else happening to my body. And so obviously my body was not helping me anymore at that point to try and push it out. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I was lying down in the bed and I remember one of them, I think, had the end of the umbilical cord and she was gently tugging on it and I could just I could really feel it all and I was like oh like it was so uncomfortable one of the midwives who had been taking photos still took more photos like I think because I was on the bed with Sylvie but a lot of the photos I'm actually in pain because I'm having my stomach pressed on and someone else pulling on my umbilical cord and like I've kept the photos and I look at them and I'm like not a great photo like you can see the pain that I'm in you know they were really like okay we've really got to get this placenta out you've really got to work with us and push here and I was trying and I remember just being like I can't do it like I'm sorry but I actually can't so another doctor came in and I think by then a few different midwives had done a few different things and I suppose now I sort of want to say obviously there'll be a trigger warning at the start but I think this this is where obviously my birth trauma sort of kicked in for me there wasn't really trauma actually giving birth and unfortunately it ties into sexual abuse trauma and so that's why they're linked I think they on their own obviously there's that trauma but I think specifically that that placenta and what sort of had to be done really 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 tied into that sexual abuse trauma for me because there's so much muscle memory yeah and there's so much of a feeling of being out of control someone touching you without your permission like it's not logical where you're like oh well you didn't get permission from me so therefore i'm gonna feel traumatized it's so beyond that it's completely being like you're hurting me i'm at the mercy of you because you're the professional here you're kind of ruining this moment that i'm having with my baby i don't know any better than you it's all that kind of stuff feeling like really at their mercy so and really they should have seen what state you're in and kind of spoken to Shane and said, can you talk to her maybe? Because like, you know, hearing it from someone like a midwife or whatever who you don't know versus hearing information from your loved one is completely yeah. different as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And even the midwives before, like I don't really blame them in a way because they'd obviously just been through my whole birth with yes. me. Yeah. But at no point did anyone actually say... I'm going to put my hands inside you. And yeah. like the other midwives initially would have been doing that too. When they were, they wouldn't have just been pulling on the outside. They would have had the hand in there. And no one said that, right? Yeah. Like not one person explained that. So I think there was a little bit of a disconnect, like a bit of a break, I mean. And I, I really trusted my midwives at this point because I'd been with them for yeah. all of that. And they were so sweet and talking to me and all of that. But then a doctor came in and I remember she was like, I'm going to have a go. And she just shoved her hand mm. up inside of me and she was holding my placenta in her hand hand pulling on it like pulling on it from the inside and I just remember like being like what the fuck is going on like I remember just being like this is 
fucking horrendous. This yeah. is not what I have ever heard of happening before to anybody. Um, I know it obviously does. And I was just like, no. I remember being like, no, 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 not anymore. Like, I just was like, no. And so she was like, so took her hand out. And I remember she was just like, you've just had a whole unmedicated birth. It would be such a shame for you to go into surgery to have this removed. Yeah. And I was sort of like, that's not helping me right yeah. now. Like, you don't know me. And I understand where you're coming from as a doctor but I haven't seen you ever before you've just come in and put your hand inside of my body without permission and you're hurting me and now you're shaming me like yeah I did just have an unmedicated birth I can't get my placenta out like I understand that you don't want me to go through surgery but I can't get it out. Obviously, the result of me then after that, I it was confirmed by a surgeon that it was never going to come out on its own. Yeah. It was not detaching from my body. It was fully still in there. Yeah. They had to completely Well, after all it. of what the midwives were doing. If it wasn't coming out, it was obviously not going to. Yeah, and also, but what I mean is like, you know, you need to be in a, you know, a happy oxytocin flowing vibe for the placenta to detach. That, that's yeah. what causes it to yeah, detach. exactly. And if they're prodding and poking you and causing you stress and pain, your body's just going to clam up and go well it's not safe right now to detach this yeah yeah and it's never was going to detach yeah because of that yeah Yeah. exactly and i think because already as soon as she was out i think my body was like that was intense yeah we're done i think my body was honestly like i don't have it in me and then obviously everything that happened after that it just was not coming out because your body was probably like you might not have been consciously aware of the trauma but your body probably was i think my body was very much yeah Yeah. because even yeah obviously even my body would have been like I'm in pain and I'm in pain in the vagina. I'm yeah. in the pain in pain in the vulva. Like exactly. this is intense. Yeah. And I obviously logically am like, oh, I'm I'm giving my giving birth to my baby. Yes, it's intense, but you're not like, you know, it's it's different yeah. where you're kind of like, I want a break, but you're not like I want this to completely end because you're like, yeah, I'm going to meet my exactly. child. Exactly. Yeah. It's in that sense, but obviously I think my body was already switching into that trauma phase where it was bringing up so much and I think also the sense of being out of control because I kind of felt out of control from the moment that my labor started really because my water broke I never expected my water to break and even just the fact that it wasn't just a one-off break like it just leaked so many times it just so many things like that and then I really tried to stay on top of my labor for as long as I could but once I kind of made that switch to wanting the epidural I kind of lost the control yeah and um, I even spoke about that with one of the midwives later where she was like I could just see that the fear was taking over and and it was like it it was so the decision was made okay you're gonna have to go in and I I was like I they were like we'll put you under local and I was like no I was like honestly I cannot stand knowing what anyone else is gonna do to me in that regard I was like I want to be completely under yeah and obviously then that you know obviously that meant that I was going to be in for longer and all that sort of stuff but I was like I just can't I just mentally was like I actually can't do it yeah um so it was very much like okay we've got to get you on a bed we've got to get you off they brought in all these consent forms explained all the risks of everything to me got me to sign everything and then I stayed there lying on that bed for about four hours before I got taken into surgery and at this point Sylvie and Shane had were in a different room as no, well? No, they were with me. So we okay. were in the same room the whole time. So I got to hold her sort of lying on the bed, but I couldn't hold her very well. And I think I was just exhausted. Yeah. And I think... I was in a state of shock because of the trauma that I was kind of shutting down. Yeah. And I was really weak. Like, I remember just feeling like... I couldn't do anything. And so one of the midwives came over and she was like, I'll express some colostrum for you, which was good. She got heaps out. So I felt really good. I was like, good, she'll be looked after. But because I was lying there on that bed, you know, I still had my umbilical cord hanging out, just flopping yeah. all over the place. And they were, I was like, I need to wee. And they were like, 
Okay, and I was like, I, I can't get up. I was like, I actually can't. I know I won't be able to get up. So I remember they put a bedpan under me, and when they took it out, they were like, it's just full of blood. Mm. Like, they were like, I don't even think you've actually weed. I think you're just actually full of blood. And um, yeah, because I remember being like lying there and being like, can't. I don't feel like I'm peeing because I still at that point was like maybe if I keep pushing I might get this placenta out and I was more relaxed by then because I think it was kind of like then all left yeah some point sort of during that I had to explain to my midwives I was like look I think what's happening is that I'm going into a state of trauma because I've suffered severe sexual abuse as a child and that unfortunately is causing my body I think to react the way that it is and I remember they were like oh it kind of was like it made a really big difference it's like it to clicked them. probably in their heads like this makes sense now yeah yeah and they were like you know we're so sorry we'll make sure anyone that needs to know will know so that they are very and I said no one else is touching me like no one like I can't bear it after this because I know I think it hadn't been conveyed so there was one more midwife that came in and said I'll have a go and they were like no 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 no, it's okay we're not trying anymore and I remember being like thank god because yeah I couldn't go through that again and so I just got to miss some of those moments like I'm just lying there and you know Shane got to put the first nappy on her and dress her and take all those little photos of her in the little crib and like obviously I was still there in the room but like it is a bit of a shame sorry that I missed actually being fully a part of some of those moments and I sort of fed her like sort of a couple of times but I think Shane was very much still holding her but I was happy because they'd gotten so much colostrum so I was like that's all right and at least when they were doing her weight I was like still lying there and I guess it almost right and you know so I still got to be a part of those moments but it wasn't that sort of little bubble that you kind of you hope it's gonna be um so eventually I got wheeled off to surgery and then I just laid there in that room where it's kind of like the transition room so you're lying there and you know different people are coming in to explain what's sort of going to happen next and I was just in there there was a big clock up on the wall and I was literally in there for about 40 minutes just lying there and there was this one nurse who like luckily she just stayed in there chatting to me like I was just in a bit of a state I think of delirium almost like I was just bragging about all the colostrum that they had just gotten and how big my baby was and how happy I was to see her and all that sort of stuff I think my body like my brain was kind of just like taking over to be like you're gay let's just like talk about random stuff and I remember they were like while I was in there at some point someone came in and went yep her COVID test is negative we can wheel her through now and I remember being like is that why I've had to wait for four hours is that why I've been in this room for 40 minutes because you haven't gotten my result and obviously I don't want to disregard the effect that a positive COVID result would have on a team of surgeons and nurses like I'm not ignorant in that sense but obviously it was just it was hard to grapple with I'll admit in that moment because I was very much like it felt so stressful and so you know they were so worried about getting me to sign everything and rushing me off to surgery but then I didn't actually make it there and like rushing you to push the placenta out and rushing you to do all of that when if it's so important to get the placenta out which everyone knows it is important to get the placenta out why would they leave you there for four hours to lay on that bed like is it kind of feels like once again like the health system the medical system don't take women's health seriously because obviously I agree with you like the impact that COVID would have it's not just on you it's on hundreds of other people and exactly. I, I, I get that but at what point so now you've got all this trauma added just because of COVID, like yeah 
And I think that was a huge reason why that doctor did put her hand just in to try to get it out because she was probably thinking, we don't know your COVID status. We're going to have to involve a bunch of people to go and do this. And like, I know she didn't mean to do what she did, but that created additional trauma for me. That obviously went successful. Like I got wheeled out, you know, and I didn't really get to be with Sylvie for quite a while, which was, I mean, I was glad that we had a really good bond. And, you know, I don't think personally for me it's ever affected her and I. It's been um, amazingly probably because I have such a traumatized brain, I've been able to really like compartmentalize. I've never yeah. actually linked any of that trauma to her. Yeah. It's been very much me and like that experience, which I'm really grateful that I've been able to do that. Yeah. It's probably because your trauma as well started with the placenta thing and she was already there. Yeah, she was she already was... on you, ready. Like she wasn't causing you that. Yeah. It was them causing you that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, and they obviously were, they were able to explain, look, yeah, it wasn't going to come out. It's successful. We've been able to get it all out. It actually wasn't as successful as they said because within about a week I had to go in and have a scan done and there was still a little bit left and there was a lot of blood that had somehow just gotten caught. I don't exactly know how that works, I'll be honest, but there was a lot of blood still just caught in a pocket that had to come out. Yeah, because of all of that, I had to stay at the hospital. And so because of COVID as well, Shane had to leave. But he was allowed to come back during visiting hours. So it was honestly about 4.30 and they said, you've got to leave now, but you can come back for 6 o'clock for visiting hours. Mm. And I mean, I was like, I'm exhausted. Like I've still had no sleep. I feel traumatized. And you're actually kicking my husband out again. I understand he's already been there. Like it's really hard to hear that because you're so hormonal. There's so much. I was just like, I can't believe he actually has to leave me. And he was able to come back. And when he... Yeah, I was just exhausted. I remember he just sat there and held her in the chair for ages. And I was just like, I'm just exhausted. I need to try to go to sleep. And that first night was just horrible. Like I was Mm. so exhausted. Amazingly, I wasn't emotional that Shane left. I didn't actually get upset that he had to leave, I think, because I was so tired that I was just like, it's okay. You're tired too. Go home and have an uninterrupted sleep in our beautiful, comfortable bed. That's fine. I'll stay here (laughs) in this uncomfortable hospital bed. And anyone that's just given birth knows you get like 30 minutes of uninterrupted sleep maybe at a time because every time you do fall asleep, that's when the curtain's getting ripped open and someone's got to check on you because unfortunately, the times they've got to check are just apparently the time when you have fallen asleep you know and you're in a room with other people and their babies and all that sort of stuff and you've just got this tiny new little person and you're solely responsible Mm -hmm. for them because their father or the other birth parent is not there with you anymore and unfortunately when I was giving birth because I think she was sort of coming out for a bit she'd swallowed heaps of my blood so she started coughing up these big phlegmy spitty things and actually like spitting them onto the side of her little crib and it was all this blood and I just remember like I would just you know gently wipe her little face and I would feel around her chin to be like okay it's wet and I'll clean it and it was that was a bit stressful because I was yeah, like okay, is that her blood, blood. What's, yeah, so exactly. luckily they were able to confirm it is your blood she's obviously just got to get it out yeah I remember like I was like to Shane you need to be here like the second that you can get here and so even overnight like I just I don't know I don't know what it is right but like I don't know how to how to offer up an alternative to be like, it should be done like this or it should be done better. One of the nurses overnight was like, look, I just need to ask about your home life because I hear that your husband's abusing you. And I just remember being like, what? Like, it, I, I remember like my face was burning. Like, I remember being like, what? And I was like, no, this has nothing to do with my husband. Like, this is 
I was abused as a child. Like, I understand that she was obviously told that and it wasn't her fault that she was told that. And she no, was obviously exactly. like, am I going to be okay to release you to your husband tomorrow kind of thing. I and get they were that. doing their due. If they thought that was what the reason is, at least they were coming to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. But I remember just being so upset, even on behalf of him, thinking that they were thinking that about him because she'd seen him. And I remember when I told Shane later, he was like, she was very cold to me. And I'm like, obviously in yeah. her mind, she's like, you're not a good person. Yeah. But it's still upsetting because that was still a part of his journey feeling like being almost treated like he was a, an abusive person which he's not so it just it was just another thing that just added to that they say that a lot about obviously once you've gone through that fight or flight yeah once all that's left like it's the sure. same as adrenaline your body just goes oh like for me i was like there's no threats anymore exactly. the placenta has been removed i'm not in that room anymore it's just me and my baby now my husband's not even here but i remember just being like shutting down i'm so exhausted yeah and even overnight like every time something would happen with sylvia or i would feel or I'll change her nappy or she would stir or whatever I'd be like okay I'm gonna go I never even got dressed yeah. I never had a shower I was still covered in blood my bed was covered they in blood they never said go have a shower I think at one point it was like oh the shower's over there but like Shane was leaving and I was like who am I gonna leave my baby yeah. with like it's because obviously I got wheeled out of surgery and then it was like Shane's gotta go and then Shane came back and I tried to sleep it was kind of like there was no time to yeah and so I would get up and I had a big pair of undies on and just a jumper and I would just like slowly stroll over to this separate room where there was a freezer and I would pull these little ice pad things out and then I'd go to the bathroom and I'd be putting them into my pads like I remember just being like my partner really should be here like you're kind of thinking like oh, I've just gone through so much and I've got to do this for myself and it's got to come secondary to looking after my baby I've got to feel that she's going to be safe in that room yeah. without me for a minute like it's it's a very odd experience yeah. in that like just being like I'm in the hospital for hours and hours and hours without my husband So it turns out I actually had an infection yeah. because my placenta was left in there for so long and all this leftover blood was left in there. And I'd So one day we were having one of our maternal health nurse visits at home and I actually had additional visits because obviously everything that had kind of happened, they were like, oh, we'll come and do more visits, which yeah. was good. And, and Shane came in and I had just kind of like gone like almost stiff and like collapsed on the bed. Like it, and I just was shaking uncontrollably and he was just like okay you need to breathe and luckily she'd arrived and she was able to come up you know my blood pressure was really high my heart rate was really high and she was trying really hard to just like calm me down and they called an ambulance who came and got me really quickly and they had to try to calm me down enough to just be like we need to get you into the ambulance and everything and take me to hospital and even like it's hard because I kind of feel like it was Again, I feel like there was an element of just kind of being like, you're okay. And like, obviously, there's so much probably work to still be done in understanding mental health related to birth, trauma, sexual trauma, how all of that links together. Just, you know, like I just... I it's was, still a bit of a taboo topic, I would say. Like, yeah. you don't hear many people talking about it. So that probably it just, they just brush it under the carpet and just, yeah. oh, you'll deal with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like even that, even when we, you know, we started talking about my birth, I remember just being like, I have never, ever heard a single podcast, yeah. read anything, seen anything that talks about the link between sexual trauma and birth trauma trauma or mm. it causing you birth trauma yeah. and I was just blown away like mm. I was like I just can't believe there would be so many women out there that would be experiencing this and not knowing prior to giving birth that it would possibly affect their labor mm. or even some of the post you know partum stages yeah. and that's obviously why I wanted to talk about it because obviously it's really hard because it's like 
there was a huge part of me initially I was so angry I was like I never wanted any of that to be a part of my birth like my birth is this beautiful thing that's happening where I'm bringing in the most amazing person into the world and that's tarnished it and I remember I was so angry like I was so pissed off and like I've done a lot of therapy obviously (laughs) I've already I've done years and years of therapy and luckily one of the it wasn't the first one but it was like the third or fourth maternal health nurse that came out her name was Beryl and she took me so seriously yeah i mean all the other ones were lovely but she really took me seriously to that stage of being like i need to put stuff in place for you because we obviously won't be able to keep coming out every two days so she was like give me the phone number of your psychologist because i was like i'm not going to be able to get in with her so she contacted her on behalf of me it was i was honestly like thank you so much and within a couple of days a vacancy popped up i was able to to have that with her so once i was able to start doing that and then i i contacted the glow clinic and luckily i'd been going there already to see a physio during my pregnancy I was able to see a psychiatrist there quite quickly and so I was doing you know two three sessions of psychiatry and psychology every week and because I just needed it like I needed it to talk about it talk about my birth talk about the trauma I've actually done now I've already done EMDR before but I specifically went in and had to do EMDR sessions with my psychologist on the birth trauma separately I had to do the birth because even that even though it's not textbook traumatic obviously being able to just look and that's why I think now I can look back on the birth itself and have really positive because that's obviously what you do in EMDR you sit there and you say I want to believe this positive part and then I had to do a separate one on the placenta and I've even had to do like one on the grief of the fact that my birth didn't go the way that I wanted it to and that it's possibly going to affect the outcome of my future if I'm ever going to have another kid like before I ever had a baby even though we struggled to get pregnant, I think there was still that sense of we'll probably have a few. And I love Sylvie so much that I'm like, I could easily have more children because you, you do, you just love them so much. You're just like, this is insane. But I'm really like so reserved. Yeah. Like it's completely changed my outlook on pregnancy and birth and yeah. postpartum. Do you think, oh, as a side note for anyone else, you found out obviously that if you do have sexual abuse history, you can in the public system up for a c-section so that's a good piece of information for anyone who is thinking oh i've got this and i'm nervous or you know whatever the case is you can ask for a c-section that is allowed yeah and And obviously yeah you don't think that i never thought it like i never ever thought to bring it up ever and so anyone that is listening to this and you might have listened to it because you're pregnant and you're thinking oh like i've been through some some form of sexual abuse i know that you might not want that to tarnish this beautiful part in your life but i would highly recommend telling your obstetrician your midwife your gp whoever it is that you're dealing with have that in your file have that in your birth preferences for your partner to pull them aside and say anything because even if you don't want the c-section you might be induced you might not have any of that but it might just be that you'll have an epidural or it might not even be that it might just be that they won't they'll be very very we're going to touch you here or you'll they'll tell your partner and your partner could be the one to be like okay like talk to me i'll i'll distract you but aware that this is what they're going to do like there's so many different ways avenues that you could go down but yeah i would highly highly recommend actually having that conversation Mm. because yeah i didn't and even now i'm like i still don't hear anything about it like i still don't hear anyone talking about it and you know i mean so many women experience sexual abuse in their life like you know the stats are crazy of how much so you would think that almost just at every midwife appointment or at least like towards you know if you are having a different midwife or whatever the 
case is, they would say, do you have a history of sexual abuse? Because it should be understood that that surely you're not the only person that that's affected. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so of like, course. It's just like it should be like, oh, if this person has a history of that, this is the precautions we need to take yeah. because of that. And maybe we should say have a few extra sessions with your psychologist and yeah. maybe think about these things for your labour. And you know, do you want to see sex? Ask them and talk about it. Because and that even if even because I think that too, I'm like, if it had been brought up early, then I could have maybe even had an in-depth conversation with the midwife about maybe doing a C-section. Even if I decided not to do it, yeah. it could have even just been something that was discussed in length about the pros of why maybe that would be good for me exactly or why having the epidural and because i was always always obviously like i don't want to have it and then yeah it's yeah. just obviously you, you you don't know what you don't know sometimes until you've been through it but obviously we really wanted to have this conversation to help even one other person be able to have those conversations so exactly. that you can have the good labor that you want and it not lead to any additional trauma because obviously you know it's exhausting giving birth no trauma involved but yeah. it's tiring and then yeah. you come home and you've got a new baby to look after and you sleeps all over the place all the stuff we know then your hormones crash on day two or three yeah. and you know it's a whole new world and obviously it can be tough to navigate and then it's so tough to navigate when you've got this insane trauma that's just on you every day that's sickening you where you can't even eat yeah. you can't even do anything anything properly and you're also like i have to look after my baby and then you feel yeah. it's tied up in so many emotions and you know like i've done so much work and i continue to do so much work on myself because i want to be best version of me i want to be the best version of sylvie's mom that i can be but i really do want to have these tough conversations because there's so much that can be learned from other people's birth stories comparing notes and sharing stories and obviously yeah obviously we're not saying we're the only people to ever do it but i just personally have not heard this story before yeah and so and it might have changed the way that your birth went so if you can yeah. do that for anyone then and just even even if maybe you know a friend maybe if i had heard this story i would have come to you and said do you think this will affect you like yep. because it might not be that someone who listens to it will hear it but yep. you, everyone probably knows someone who's been affected by sexual abuse at the very least so probably, like yeah. then you can have those conversations and the more you talk about it the less taboo it is and just the more normalized it is and we can all you know as we've said, we have each other. So, yeah. like, at least if we can help each other get through it. Exactly. And, I mean, the that's the thing. Happens. Like, I feel lucky that way that, I mean, I haven't, you know, told my story in quote, you know, to so many people. But yeah. I'm grateful that I have people in my life that I have told because I feel like you know there's able to just be that little bit of extra kind of I guess respective boundaries in a way and but also being able to be open and people just understanding you because obviously people that don't know I've, I've found it tough to explain some of the trauma that was there and I felt like people were supportive but I feel like because I'm obviously holding back that yeah. little bit it's just hard to understand why because yeah. yeah. if someone didn't know it's just like anything like you don't know what's going on in anyone's life and what trauma they've had when you hear you know hearing and talking about these stories with each other really does it just gives more understanding of all of us as humans like yep. who we are and why we are the way we are and yep. why we have the see the world the way we see because everyone sees the world so differently yeah from how they've you know been brought up yep. and because your experiences completely color the way that you look yeah, at things like exactly. it's and no two persons experiences are the same no exactly yep. there's no harm in better understanding those around you because yep. it only brings positivity really it's oh. very brave of you to share your story lisa with, with everyone hopefully from this 
we can help a few people and start a conversation that's not already out there. And yeah, yeah even like even the small piece of information about having an elective C-section in yep. the public system is a great piece of information that no one yep. even knows. So that's the thing. I think educating each other is just the best thing that we can do. And if and if we can do that, like obviously that is something that we really feel passionately about. Hearing people's stories is just, yeah, there's no better way to learn about life, I feel. Like yep. you only really have other people's experience. Yeah, it's only helpful, really. Yeah. Yeah, so yes. thank you for letting me tell my story no, and obviously if this sharing. resonates with anybody out there and if you've got questions, you want to share your story with us, you want to even tell us how, you know, that affected your birth in a way but it was positive or it was negative or now you're happy because you can use this, whatever. Like honestly, yeah, we're here. Yeah, we are here. We do want to hear about it because we love it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we love the birth stories and um, yeah, just any story really. We're, yeah. up, we're up for it. So yeah. Very true thank you no thank you yeah we'll see you guys next time bye thank you for listening to this episode of what the hell are we doing if you're not already following us on apple podcasts or spotify then please do so please also come and check us out on instagram at what the hell are we doing podcast if any of today's content has been distressing for you please contact lifeline on 131114 you can also contact panda on 1300 726 306